We're going to start our series on Wrecked. And if you'll do me a favor, we'll try to share out some more again on social media a little bit, and you can let people know about it. And I'll try to get the messages up in a timely fashion, so if anybody wants to follow along. But we're going to talk about uh, those uh, stressors, if you will, in our lives. So things like rejection, anxiety, fear is kind of the root of all the things, even chaos. Uh, a lot of those types of ideas is what we're going to look at the next few weeks. And what we really want to see, and we had a good discussion in Sunday school even today, we want to see how the gospel intersects with these types of issues. So we're not a self-help society here today. This is not a, a book club. We're not, <laughs> not going to walk you through uh, a lot of counseling, though counseling is not bad. But we are going to definitely try to see what the gospel has to say when you're dealing with these types of of issues. I'm going to start today in the book of John, chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of John, or you can follow along on the screen. And today I really want to focus on the idea of rejection. And I kept looking for different Bible characters to think about who dealt with rejection, and I just kept coming back to Jesus. I could not escape that. So today... That's what I'm going to share with you a little bit, is how Jesus uh, deal, dealt with rejection and really what that means for us. Looking in the book of John, chapter 1, beginning in verse 9, the Word of God says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Do you see that? Jesus comes to his own. He's rejected of his own. <laughs> but there are some who receive him. And those who receive him become the sons and the daughters of God. They trade their rejection for sonship, for inheritance, for family, okay? And that's the message today. And I, hopefully if the Lord will speak to your heart, maybe he'll prick you in a way that you can use something you hear today to share with some other people even this week. But I think this is an important message that people hear that there's, there is life beyond rejection. Wrecks happen, don't they? Have you ever been in a wreck? Sintel's really laughing back there. <laughs> Recent one, haven't you, right? <laughs> You usually don't forget your wrecks, right? Isn't that the way it is? Um, not too long ago, I guess it was maybe our second year we were here, I uh, was coming down five points in the wintertime and coming right up on Shelbyville. And there was a ditch there, and it was one of those mornings where it was almost warm enough to not freeze, but everything, when you would, people would come up to the stop sign, the water would drip off where they went through the puddle, and then it would freeze on the road. So basically, it just made a little slip and slide there right by the stop sign. So I'm coming down in the old uh, Isaiah's truck and moving right along, and here comes the stop sign, and I hit the brakes, and nothing happens. Just, she's still sliding along on the road. Finally, I step out, not quite all the way out into the middle of the road, but, but close, and I'm like, it finally stopped. And then, boom, I get hit from behind because somebody had the same problem I had in the same spot, right? Now, what happens then when you have a wreck? Uh-oh, what do we do? Well, how bad was it? How much damage? 
Well, the back end of the truck was pretty good, but his car was not good on the front end. And it, he wasn't even going that fast. But So you got to call an officer, right? Then you got to wait. We probably waited, I don't know, 40 minutes for an officer to show up. And then you got to take your information. And then the worst part is, what do you got to wait for next? The vehicle repair, right? It's like it takes forever. It was like almost a month before we could get the vehicle repaired. So then you got to decide, am I renting? Am I, do I have my insurance cover for rent? Am I just going to try to make do with what I have? Oh, wrecks are stressful, right? And so a few things about wrecks that we're going to compare to emotional wrecks here in a second. Wrecks, for one thing, are inconvenient, aren't they? There's nothing convenient about them. They can be expensive, can't they? Oh, I hate to say that, but especially with our vehicles today, aren't they, right? Sometimes a wreck can be very, very expensive. They can cause physical pain too, correct? I mean, depending on what happens, a wreck can be a really difficult thing on you physically, and they can impact a lot of people. So not only does it impact the people involved in the wreck, but now if I've lost my transportation, it may impact my family or the things that we're doing. They have uh, repercussions, Wrecks can't always be repaired. Think about that a little bit today, right? I guess ultimately they could basically build a brand new car, but what we a lot of times do, we, we, what do we do that when something is really messed up? We call it totals, right? That's a total wreck. And sometimes emotionally things are like that too. And again, what I really wanted to highlight today is that we usually don't forget our wrecks. So what's your wreck story? Maybe this week on Wednesday night or in the Cross Life chat, whatever, some of you can share a little bit about your story and how maybe the Lord can speak to you through that. While physical wrecks are messy, most of the time they don't hand the, hold a candle to emotional wrecks. Would you agree? Right? I mean, I've been in a couple of physical wrecks, and they're no fun, but they aren't even close to some of the emotional wrecks that I have been through. Right? Maybe you as well. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what the gospel has to say about dealing with different types of wrecks in our lives. And what I think you're going to find, if you'll look with me, I think you're going to find that the root of a lot of the pain involved in a wreck is this four-letter word, F-E-A-R. It's fear. Fear is at the cause of a lot of the stressors that we're going to be talking about. Now, what's the scripture say about fear? I'm going to read you a verse here to encourage you this morning right off the bat. And that is 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Look what John writes. He says, there is no fear in love. Think about that. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Today, if you're going to find restoration and healing, you'll need to figure out how to deal with fear, and more than that, where to really find love. Are you hearing me today? Okay? It's not just that you're going to learn how to handle fear, but to really overcome fear, what you need is that perfect love. What you don't need is Hallmark love. Your preacher likes the Hallmark channel probably as much as anybody here, probably. (laughs) But we are not talking about Hallmark love today. We are talking about agape love, that real God-like love. Love. And so today what we're going to focus on is these two things. We're going to focus on the negative, which is rejection. But we're going to focus on the positive and the change, the element of salvation. That is acceptance. When have you been rejected in your life? 
You ever been rejected? Sometimes, right? Yeah, Dasha said that. Absolutely, right? Have you ever walked down to a hall and somebody's walking, coming your way, and you're like, hello, and nothing? Right? Wait a minute. What do you do in that situation? I said hello. <laughs> That's what you feel like doing, right? Do you do that? Have you ever went up to shake somebody's hand and they didn't extend theirs? We say that's cold, right? Those are a smaller type of rejection. Here's the hard one maybe, a little bit for some of us. Have you ever went up to someone and said, I love you, and then crickets? Right? Rejection, rejection. We all faced it in different ways and in a small way. Um, Even with the smaller rejections, they affect how we treat the situation the next time around, right? The next time you walk down that hall, if you see that same person, and you said hi to them last time and they didn't, do you say hi to them the second time? Hopefully you do, but sometimes we're like, you didn't say hi to me next time, I'm not saying hi to you, right? We retaliate, we adjust because of our rejection. How about some bigger things in your life? Have you ever stepped out to try to do something big but get turned down? You ever done that? Like you invested in something, you put all your effort in it, and then it it fell and somebody turned you down in doing it? Maybe you tried for a job and you didn't get hired, or maybe you didn't even get an interview. Wow. What does that do for your confidence? Right? Most of us have been there, right? You turned in the application and you never even heard anything. Or you got in the interview and it went great, and you're like, I know I got this job, and you didn't. Right? That can kind of work a number on you, right? Well, let's get a little bit further, probably to the ones that really hurt the most. Have you ever been rejected by a family member or maybe a parent that you had you couldn't trust? Or maybe somebody that you loved who abandoned you when you needed them the most? Maybe you love somebody, but they didn't love you back. What I would say to you today is those are the bigger wrecks in life. And most of us have had one of them, but some of us have had a bunch of them. Some of our kids have already been in some pretty serious emotional wrecks. Okay, are we tracking with that today, right? This is why we need the gospel. Because what I'm going to share with you today and what I've seen firsthand with my eyes, I'll give you testimony at the end about this, is that God can take a wrecked life and he can restore it and he can make it whole again okay that's the gospel today but we're going to work through that a little bit this morning again these rejections are the big wrecks in life not only are they painful they can impact us and the people we love for a long time now hear me out today i want to be careful about this okay i'm not giving you a magic cure to make you feel great when you've been rejected (laughs) that is not the point of this message rejection is painful and like we've talked about in our unstuck series before Anytime you've been hurt deep like this, you're going to have to learn how to grieve your losses, right? You guys should be experts on this. You've heard this message from me so much by now. If we're going to make our way through that deep pain, we have to learn how to grieve it biblically. And that's a big part of overcoming rejection. But where the gospel steps in today is this truth, and I want you to hear this today. Jesus understands more than anyone what it is to be rejected And yet he is waiting to accept you. 
Think of your friends today, your coworkers, the people that you love that are far from the Lord. Jesus knows rejection, and I'm going to prove that to you this morning. And then, I, but I want to say is beyond that, He is providing a way for you to be a son and a daughter of God and to be accepted. All right, let's start with this truth. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Rejection. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures here, and I'll try to give you a little time to turn there. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 53, first of all. I would say highly that this is probably one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, maybe my favorite passage in the Old Testament. Remember Isaiah, when he wrote this book, it was 700 years before Christ came. And the prophecy, even in this chapter, is unbelievable how well it is fulfilled in the life of Christ. Here's what Isaiah says and what will come to pass with our Lord. He says, Who has believed our message? Isaiah 53, 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Was Jesus born in a palace? Royal robes? (laughs) No, right? He's born in the stable with the cattle around, okay? Look at verse 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar, familiar, listen to that, familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Who all rejected the Lord today? Think, with this, think about this with me today. First off, I want to show you he was rejected by his own family. Let's go back to the book of John, chapter 7. John, chapter 7. John, chapter 7, verse 5. And the Word of God says this. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when uh, the, the Jewish festival tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Now look what they said here. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For, John writes, even his own brothers did not believe him. (laughs) Does Jesus know rejection from family? Right? He's here to save them, to save the world. He does these amazing things, and yet his own brothers rejected okay you guys it's very likely that you'll encounter someone who has been rejected by someone in their family and those hurts are deep aren't they right especially if it's one of our parents it's really deep what i'm trying to show you with this morning is jesus understands that as we saw in isaiah he is familiar with pain and even here doing the right thing he is rejected by his own brothers. Not only that, Jesus was rejected by his disciples. Flip over if you like, flip back a little bit to Mark chapter 14, verse 48. Mark chapter 14, 
in verse 48. Here the scripture says, and Mark writes, Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. So what's verse 50 say? (laughs) What did Peter tell Jesus? I'll go to death for you. Jesus says, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. Can you imagine the other disciples? You know, James and John. And they're thinking, there's no way. I love this man. I would go to death with this man. I'll do anything with, that this man asked me to do. And verse 50 said, Then everyone deserted him and fled. At the worst moment, at the lowest point, all the disciples took off. Have you ever had a friend let you down? Probably, right? Especially a close friend. That's hard, isn't it? Here's what I'm trying to share with you today. (laughs) The Lord understands that, right? Peter, James, and John, there's the the inner circle there. And here they are. At this moment, they take off. Now, thank goodness, John comes back around. And we'll see John's actually at the cross because Jesus will say to him, take care of my mother, right? Woman, behold your son is what he will say to her. But in this moment, when he would have expected his friends to be right beside him, they abandoned him. All right? His family let him down. His friends let him down. He was rejected by the people as a whole, even by us. Before you get too upset with these other folks, (laughs) think about your role today. We saw this briefly even last Sunday. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Excuse me, verse 36. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. What's the Bible have to say there about rejection? Peter, remember he's preaching right after Pentecost here. He's preaching to all these people. We're going to see 3,000 people come to Christ. And the famous verse, verse 38, which is repent and be baptized. Two verses back in verse 36, Peter preaches this. He says, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. This is Jacob's message to my heart as he sat on the steps there that day, right? I should have died. It was my fault. I rejected him. I didn't esteem him. I didn't value him. Jesus had to die for me. Finally, the one that's really hard for us to even comprehend is that Jesus was rejected by his own father. Look at Matthew chapter 27. Again, of course, this is a temporary turning away, but the pain was very real. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. The Bible says, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. And verse 46 says that about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And what did he say? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? If you go to the Old Testament, to Psalm 22, this is actually a psalm in the Old Testament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in Jesus, probably the lowest point of his existence, he is bearing the sin of the whole world, and the Father will not look on that sin 
And Jesus here expresses, why am I going through all of this? We always see the divine side of Jesus, and we know that he's almost like a superhero to us on that side. <laughs> but this is that human side of Jesus that cries out and says, where are you, Father? Do you get the picture today? Jesus was rejected by his family. He was rejected by his friends. He was rejected by the whole community, even rejected by his father. Do you think he understands a little bit about what it is to be rejected? I'm telling you today that he does, that he knows it experientially, not just something in his head. Sometimes we forget the human side of Jesus. Family, friends, even the father uh, have rejected him at one point. He understands what it is to be abandoned. So when he says this next verse, I want you to know he understands. Look in Hebrews chapter 4, verses uh, 14 and 15. This is so good. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. Again, hopefully I've made a little bit of the case here today for you to see that Jesus knows what it is to suffer, to hurt to feel the pain of rejection. But look here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible there says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, that is Jesus, who has ascended to heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Don't give up today. Don't quit today. If you've been rejected today, hang on. Hold in. Understand. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus doesn't know what I've been through. He doesn't know what my mom did to me. He doesn't know how my brothers abandoned me. He doesn't know what my best friend did to me. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> he knows it. He was rejected. He was despised. He was abandoned. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet he was without sin. And so he says in verse 16, let us come to God's throne and approach that throne with confidence so we can find what? Mercy and grace. Amen? Let's come to that throne. We can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And that's what the world needs to hear today. Yeah, we know you've been rejected. We understand. We have been too. And our Lord definitely has been rejected. But he says, come. Come and find mercy and grace in your time of need. And he has it. And that's the message of the gospel today. Today I want to be clear to Christians and unbelievers alike, there will be, still be rejections in your life, even after you come to Christ. But this is the great truth that you can cling to today. There is nothing, nothing, everybody say that with me, nothing, <laughs> there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Write that down. Memorize that. We're going to go through this just briefly, but this is so amazing. This is the truth of acceptance. Yes, you've been rejected, but guess what? You've been accepted if you will accept Christ. This is a conditional promise. Look at that last phrase. It is based on being in Christ, but if you are in Christ, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And that is the gospel today, right? The greatest love is an unfailing love. And I want to tell you this morning with all my heart, that love is enough. Can you hear that today? I hope you can from your bottom of your heart. We all know what it is to be rejected, and you're going to be rejected again. But there is a love that is enough love. And it's an unfailing love, and it's the love of God in Christ. 
and it is enough to carry you through this life if you will accept it and pursue it. So let's look just a little closer. We can be accepted through the gospel. And again, this is a promise for those who forsake their sin and surrender to Christ. We had a good conversation again in Sunday school. I love Sunday school because it kind of highlights and brings out some of these points. We live in a culture right now that does not want to talk about the forsaking of sin. They don't want to talk about this idea of repentance. They want to talk about love. They want to talk about healing. They want to talk about brokenness, how we're all broken. But the bottom line is the path to peace, the path to salvation begins in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we must have repentance if we're going to have peace. That is the gospel, right? So don't forget that today as we qualify this part of the message here. Verse 31, if you want to turn to Romans 8. If you don't have this highlighted or marked in your Bible, I would if I were you. I will never forget the day that I went up to the hospital with Brother Russ. And we sat down on his bed there together. He was dealing with that wicked cancer. And he was going through some really difficult things physically. And we read through this passage together and both of our hearts were so encouraged and lifted up. He was like a changed person when I left the room that day when we went through what we're about to go through here. Because this truth is enough to carry you. Verse 31 of Romans chapter 8, Paul says, So what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> right? If the Lord is on your side, I'm taking all comers. What do you think? Right? The preacher here has lost a few pounds, and I'm getting a little old and weak, and this morning my tooth is driving me crazy, <laughs> and my old age is showing, and I would not be much of a battle for any person. Probably most of you guys here could take me pretty easy, okay? But if my backup is the Lord, then what am I afraid of? Isn't that what rejection is? It's a fear, isn't it, right? Again, going back to that little hallway illustration, you said hi to that person, they didn't say hi back. The next time you walk through, you'd like to say hi, but you're afraid, aren't you? You're afraid to put yourself out there because you're afraid that maybe when you put yourself out there, what's going to happen? They're going to turn you down, right? You're afraid to reach out to your parents again, right? You've tried before, you reach out to them in love, and what happened? You didn't get the response that you're expecting from your parents. And so, are you going to do that again? You're afraid, right? This is the thing I want you to hang on to. If God is for us, why are you afraid? Right? If the Lord has got your back up, why are you afraid? I think we want the Lord to be on our side. What does it mean to be on the Lord's side? How much does He love you? Well, look at the next verse, verse 32. He... God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How much does God love you? You guys have heard that before. And he stretched out his arms and died, right? Let me read you this illustration. You may have heard it before. It's such a good truth about this point right here. There was a distressed father. He sat at the bedside of his comatose son, who was hurt playing basketball. And at a crucial point in the game, the 16-year-old had lunged for an errant pass going out of bounds. And as he toppled over the spectator's chair, one of its legs caught him in the stomach and it damaged vital organs. But because he felt little pain, 
The teen continued to play the game's final minutes while he was hemorrhaging internally. By the time the pain grew enough to warrant a trip to the hospital, it was almost too late. The doctors worked frantically to save him, but the outcome was uncertain. Though the son eventually recovered, those awful hours of waiting for the slightest signs of recovery forced family members to ask questions they'd never before faced. The father was alone on the bedside shift one evening when the pastor visited, and trembling with emotion, here's what the father asked. Look at this. The father said to the preacher, Will God kill my son to punish my sin? Well, no, said the young minister, searching for words that would comfort and grant renewed trust in the God this father now so desperately needed. He said this, hear it out. The Lord's not punishing your son for your sin. He couldn't because God already punished his son for your sin. (laughs) Isn't that great? God's not going to punish your son for your sin because he already punished his son for your sin. Jesus has already paid that. How can we know that God is for us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things, Paul says. God's already proved his love for you. He gave up his son. That's how much he wants to have relationship with you. That's how much he loves you. Remember last few weeks ago, Romans chapter 5, 8, right? But God commendeth or demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? It just fits together, guys. Yes, we've been rejected, but if we will simply repent and surrender, we receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of acceptance, reconciliation, and redemption through Jesus. Will tough stuff still come your way? Once you become a Christian, everything goes perfect, right? (laughs) Oh boy, we could testify about that for a while, couldn't we? Well, look what Paul writes in verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one then who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died. More than that, he was raised to life and he's at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. Think about that just for a moment. Jesus is interceding for you. That's the love that is available to us today. He has accepted us and will not allow us to be condemned any longer. We are justified. He makes us right with God. You might say today, well, I'm worried. Can I really count on this love? I've been disappointed before. I know rough things are in front of me. Well, you're right. Rough things are. Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Look what Paul is writing. Remember where Paul has been, okay, what he's been through. Paul says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You were hoping to be cheered up this morning, right? Think about that. Had Paul faced those things? Persecution and hardship, famine, nakedness, danger. Paul had run into all of those things. Rejection and difficulty and stress is still going to come, but the truth is stronger than that. There is a love that really does last. There is a love that allows us to conquer. Because there is an empty tomb, we are reminded of a love that never fails. And look at verse 37. And if it's not in big yellow in your Bible, I would do it. (laughs) 
In all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because God accepts me, I am not rejected. Because I'm rejected, I can deal with all kinds of junk and stuff and stress and chaos and anxiety in my life because of this. In all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him, not of my own power, through him who loved me. Isn't that good? You guys, you're going to face stuff this week. I know you are. You're going to have things that come in that are difficult or hard decisions. You're trying to figure out what to accomplish, how to handle them. But this truth holds fast. That because of this love, we can be more than conquerors in all of those difficulties through him who loved us. Now, how deep is it? How strong is this love? How long will it last? Again, people who have rejected have a tendency to like, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know if I can count on it. Would Jesus ever give up on me? Well, let's finish out that chapter. Verse 38, Paul writes, he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither the height, the depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right? Now look where he starts. This is probably not where I would have started, and that's why God didn't have me write the Bible. (laughs) He starts with death. Death, verse 38. I'm convinced that neither death. What's that tell us? There is more than just this life, right? Paul is saying, I may face death, but that's not the end, because even death does not separate me from the love of God. Wow. Or life, anything in this life is not going to separate me. Anything in the spiritual world, you can think of the worst stories in the scriptures of angels and demons and the power and the battles that they have. None of those things would separate us. And this is the one I wanted to highlight to you this morning. I think this is the big one for me. Nor anything in the future. <laughs> Isn't that the problem usually? What are you worried about? The future. There is nothing in the future that can separate you from the love of God. Isn't that good? (laughs) There is nothing out there. Yeah, maybe you have been rejected, and yeah, you've experienced this pain or this problem, but there is nothing in that future that's coming your way that can separate you from the love of God. No powers, no height or depth. And then just in case you maybe find one little exception, he says there's nothing in all the creation that can separate you from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. And this is the point this morning. Don't miss this. This is where the gospel comes in. This unfailing love, where is it found? In Jesus. Okay, can you hear the preacher out again today? Right? And I'm just being as bold and as honest as I can be. You're not going to find this love in Hinduism, in Buddhism, in Islam. It's not there. Okay? We're going to love and respect people of all religions. And I don't want anybody being persecuted for their belief system. But the truth of the matter is that the love that people need to overcome rejection, like we talked about today, it is only found in Christ. That's where it is. 
And that's why we've got to share that message and we have to share that love. And we have to connect and engage and get involved in people's lives. So today, very simply, I want to ask you, how's your relationship with Jesus today? If you want to know that love, you need to be in Christ. All right, I'm going to close with this story about my friend that I met just about a month ago. Uh, His name was Tiago. So there's Tiago up there. You see him? Uh, what, What jersey does he have on? Tom Brady, right? Why do you think a Brazilian man would have a Tom Brady shirt on? His wife is who? You may know. Giselle Bunchen or whatever, like she's some famous model. <laughs> so I think that's why Tiago actually had the great shirt. I gave him a hard time being from Indianapolis. I'm like, oh, we can't stand the Patriots. What are you doing wearing a Patriots jersey, Tiago? So Tiago was on my team to India, and he spoke almost no English. Mostly he spoke Portuguese. Thankfully, we had another guy on the team who spoke Portuguese and could also speak English, so he could kind of translate that out. But the other thing is that I speak no Portuguese, so Tiago did better than I did. At least he had a little English. I had no Portuguese really to know. Uh, Tiago was so full of joy and love, and everywhere we went, when they were, there were kids around, they would just gravitate to him. Like he was like a magnet. They would come, and he would hug on them and laugh with them and dance. Tiago loved to dance and sing, and he just had that really vibrant joy in his heart, probably the most really of anyone on our team. I could not believe the amount of love that he had and the peace that he seemed to have. And here's the thing, he is actually getting married this fall and then within hopefully about a year he's planning to move to India to be a missionary in India. Like he's an incredible guy. Like 26 years old, already has this great big plan for his life. But we were able to visit a, the Shalom Development Center, a children's home. And while we were there, I learned something about Tiago that I didn't know. And Diane, if you'll pull up the next picture. So it's hard to see, but I'll give you a little bit of the setting there. So I'm sitting right behind. All the boys are sitting on the left side. And all the girls are on the right side. And it's kind of a multi-purpose little room. It's like an auditorium slash gym kind of thing. And Tiago, up on the stage, it's hard to see them all, but up on the stage there on the left is Dr. Kenneth. So he speaks, he's from Brazil as well. He speaks Portuguese and he speaks English and a few other languages. And then Tiago, there's the big guy in the middle. And then on the right side is my friend Sindhu. You guys know Sindhu that's been here at our church. And so Sindhu can speak English and he speaks Oriya. So we were in the state of Orissa, uh, which may be a different name right now, but he speaks that Indian language there, okay? So for Tiago to talk to the students, think about this with me, what he had to do, right? <laughs> Tiago would speak in Portuguese, da 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 And then Dr. Kenneth would translate Portuguese to English. Hello, here's what Tiago was having to say. And then Sindhu would pick up the English, and he would translate into Oriya, da 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 these kids have been jumping and dancing around when we were singing. They were just having a great time. And when Tiago was sharing his story, they hung on every word. Why? How? Well, what Tiago shared with all of us that I didn't have a clue about at the time, he shared that night that his own dad had abandoned him. He never knew his dad. And his mom, he did know her, but he also knew that she had left him and rejected him. About 75% of the kids in that room were orphans. They got it. That was his story. It was their story. 
And Tiago, he just bawled and cried. I wanted to tell you that to say that that pain was real. I'm not minimizing his pain at all. But out of that pain has come this joy, blessed love life that's sent on a mission to love and to serve and to change. And how does it happen? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Tiago found that love that was so much bigger than any other love, and it is enough to carry him. Okay. Today, I want you to take this message, all right? Most of you here today, you know this love that we're talking about, right? But you have people in your family or in your workplace or in your neighborhood that they are facing rejection and they are scared to death. They are so afraid. And what they need to know is that there's a love that will help set aside that fear and give them a conquering spirit that they can live in joy and live for hope because of what Jesus has done. Okay, Let's stand this morning. Again, 